Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. NFCBC, sometimes you have to tell yourself that it will work out, regardless of how it looks or how you feel. It will work out. I believe that there is a word for this house on this day. Before we start, you know, we have to declare our purpose and identity statement. So if you all would say with me, we are an ever evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we were created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices and commissioned by God to serve. And if you can't remember all of that family, we have three words. What are they? Live, love, and serve. Amen. Our text this morning will be coming from Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And then a special gospel pulled from the life of Octavia Butler, one of my favorite sci-fi writers. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 reads this way. Don't fret or worry. Instead, point to yourself and say, instead, instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Let me repeat that again. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And the word from Octavia Butler reads this way all that you touch you change all that you change changes you the only lasting truth is change God is change let me read that again all that you touch you change all that you change changes you the only lasting truth is change God is change. If I had to title this sermon for today, it would be the resistance of instead. The resistance of 
instead. Let us pray. Beloved creator, we find humanity in this moment with a multitude of questions and grasping for clarity. I know we've beseeched you with petitions from our worries and anxieties, asking how did we get here? When will this end? With concerns about the longevity of our employment and for many with questions about how we will feed our families and make ends meet given the intrusion of COVID-19. We've come to you with concerns about the fragility of our health and the health of loved ones around us. Today, God, we come with expectation for you to meet our worries with the witness of who you are and who you have been in our lives. I ask that you meet our anxieties with a gentle nudge for us to practice acceptance right where we are. We ask that you meet our concerns with the divine courage to maintain our faith in spite of external and internal reportings of death and fear. God, we believe. In this moment, we need you to help us with our unbelief as we wrestle with the notion that our praise and prayer are the tools to get us through this circumstance and connect us to our divine wholeness. Today, we raise our vibration and center ourselves in the consciousness of Christ. We love you, God, and thank you for loving on us. It is in the name of the one who heals, saves, and restores, we pray. Amen. And Ashe, the resistance of instead. With a quick Google search of the world's top news, the following headlines are reported. Italy calls in military to enforce lockdown. Coronavirus turns Andalusia's buzzing streets into ghost towns. African Airlines lose $4.4 billion in revenue following the spread of coronavirus on the continent. Brazil's Bolsonaro calls preventive coronavirus measures hysteria. And Kumo orders lockdown, shuts down non-essential businesses. Consequently, it is no surprise in recent conversations with my mother now that slight vibrations of fear, worry, and concern coalesce with her words as she inquires about my well-being. Now when my mom catches wind of me exiting my home for a much-needed walk or connection to another human being, she asks, do you have on your gloves? Are you wearing a mask? How long will you be out? These questions of my mother highlight the swift changes in our world and how many of us have made and are making adjustments to check in with loved ones at a different level of attunement and care. Shortly after one particular daily check-in with my mother, I perused my Instagram feed and was struck by someone's live video of people at Central Park here in New York her text below the video read, and I quote, dear friends around the world, 
wanted to send you a video of what's happening at this moment in Central Park, New York, so you can see what a global pandemic looks like for many of us this evening. Not quite what you might be seeing in the media. People are out biking, jogging, playing catch with their kids, walking their canine friends, listening to music, reading, the weather is gorgeous, end quote. In an instant, I was reminded that all perspectives are not the same nor equal. I was prompted to how reality is layered and as humans, we often only believe that which we see, despite how much we praise a God that is seen through the wind and our breath, things we cannot see, but we know are there. I see the ruins of COVID and simultaneously I can touch my body and know I am well. I see death, yet I am alive. I see unrest and chaos and my home and the homes of others I know are in order. I see tears and at the same time someone is smiling at me. I see mystery and simultaneously know that change is certain and imminent. At an instance of viewing the Instagram clip I understood even more concretely that balance at all times is maintained in the universe and our world. Where there is death, there is life. Where there is sickness, there is wellness. Where there is misery, there is happiness. And where there is lack, there is plenty. Isn't it interesting how touching reality with reality can place things into perspective and call us into the present moment, into greater awareness, into our right minds, into our gratitude. It is this type of holistic reality I believe Paul was experiencing as he wrote to the people of Philippi from his jail cell. It is believed that this is the happiest letter Paul wrote, albeit from prison. Paul starts off this epistle with greetings of peace in the midst of prison bars. He discloses his excitement when thinking of the people of Philippi despite his isolation. He is attentive to the great work being done within this community and not encumbered by his own plight of containment. Paul, in the midst of prison, still has a prayer for the people. That their love will flourish and that they will not only love much, but love well. And learn to love appropriately. He even admonishes them to live a lover's life. In the midst of containment, confinement, imprisonment, Paul finds his joy. Mm. He even reports to the people of Philippi that his imprisonment had the opposite of its intended effect, that the message of Christ was not suppressed but prospered. This almost is a quandary to many of us. Paul quarantined, I mean imprisoned, contained, confined, still had a prayer that led to a praise report. And prayer plus praise most times leads to worship. 
Paul was isolated and imprisoned involuntarily and found the wherewithal to say, to speak, to petition in the midst of his confinement and isolation. Don't fret or worry. Instead, instead, instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces our worry at the center of your life. I believe Paul knew about the practice of instead. He knew about the practice of instead. Instead is an adverb meaning a substitute or replacement. In the place or stead of someone or something. It is a preferred or accepted alternative. It also is an idiom. Instead of, in place of, in lieu of. For example, instead of fret and worry, I will pray and praise. In this season of our lives and our world, I recognize we all are in need of an instead. And instead praise, and instead worship, and instead focus, attention, and intention. Today we recognize instead as a verb, an action. The resistance of instead requires one to do something different. When the same maladaptive negative thinking thoughts attempt to rise up against you. Instead as action requires us to shift out of our routinely scheduled ruminations about the what-ifs and worst-case scenario situations. Instead, as action requires us to cast a blind eye to the voices that tell us we cannot build in the midst of our brokenness. Instead, instead, and instead. Enslaved Africans on this continent knew about the resistance of instead. Denmark Vasey and Nate Turner chose revolt and rebellion instead of being compliant with the system of slavery. Harriet Tubman utilized the Underground Railroad instead of oppressors' voices that told her she would never see freedom. Some enslaved Africans chose day-to-day -day resistance by pretending to be ill or dumb by breaking tools and slowing down work to get a bit of respite instead of settling for the strife of back-breaking work. Instead, many of you streaming had grandmothers and aunties and mothers that practiced the resistance of instead. There was only flour and baking soda, that special seasoning, oil and butter and jelly and beans in the pantry. Some way, your grandmother took those seven items and had an instead type of experience. Instead of seeing nothing, they saw something and a meal was created. Fluffy butter biscuits with the sweetest jelly you ever tasted with beans that melted in your mouth, an instead type of resistance. You may have grown up in circumstances where all you had was newspaper and couldn't afford toilet tissue. And instead of fighting someone for toilet tissue, you, you made use of the newspaper and you stayed clean. And instead of type of resistance, 
Paul offers us the hows of what it means to practice the resistance of instead. The resistance of instead. He offers these three things, petition, prayer, and praise. Petition, prayer, and praise. And I want to add a fourth one, accept change. Accept change. The utterances of our lips are the closest tools for life and death we will ever have at our disposal. As Proverbs 18:21 reminds us that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Despite internal thoughts of gloom, doom, and despair, or external messaging of the calamity at hand, we can actually train our mouths to petition. A petition is not a laundry list of the things you don't want in your life, your worries, anxieties, or fears. A petition is a request made in respect and humility for something desired. A petition is where you state what you want more of, not what you want less of. Petition is meant to combat the cycle of negative thoughts that can at times grip our attention more than the actual experience taking place. This is no surprise as our brains are still programmed to respond to negative emotions by closing out the outside world and restricting the options we see around us, which is a protective mechanism when we experience fear and anxiety. Petition supports us in expanding our view, raising our vibration and lifting our consciousness to that of Christ. Having a more global view of all that is, not just those things we are fearful of. Somebody say petition. Next is we practice the resistance of instead through prayer. Jesus felt this was such an important tool. He decided to teach us how to pray word for word. Jesus said, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. First, Jesus starts out with our. Jesus recognizes that he is not in the experience alone despite what the circumstances report. He has community even in light of bouts with loneliness. He understood that even when nobody is physically present, there is still a great cloud of witnesses through angels and ancestors that are a part of his unseen community. We are not alone. Jesus then places the Father, signifying relationship to God in heaven. I believe this prayer Jesus offers metaphysically invites us at the onset to raise our consciousness, to think on things higher, and invites us into an alternative viewpoint. Jesus could have said, Our Father, hallowed be thy name. 
Instead, he chose to say, our Father who art in heaven. Why? Because our psychological location may be in a place before we pray that is not in alignment with our highest good. And prayer to the one who is in heaven, who is within us, who is accessible, can shift us to a psychological location that ushers in wholeness, goodness, and peace. Next, Paul offers that we practice the resistance of instead through our praise. Our praise has always stemmed from the belief in a transcendent and benevolent God who will never leave nor forsake us, who never forsakes the righteous and is never content with their children begging for bread. Thoughts about this God and our relationship to this God paired with reflections of how we got over, how we made it through, how we survived, have always incited hands raised and voices lifted and feet dancing. I am clear that every time we praise, we shift the frequency of our experience. Every time we praise, we shift the frequency of our experience. Through our praise, worry is transmuted into ease and calm. Through our praise, fear is transmuted into abiding and acceptance of God's grace, even in the midst of what may be happening around us. Paul knew that our petition, prayer, and praise changes things. Our petition, prayer, and praise changes things. Lastly, I want to offer that accepting change is a way to practice the resistance of instead. The Gospel of Octavia Butler offers all that you touch, you change. All that you change changes you. The only lasting truth is change. God is change. The notion of God as change can be unsettling at the first thought of it. My invitation for us today is to see change as the thing that is most constant in our lives. Change is expected, change is inevitable and necessary. Just as God is constant, expected, inevitable, and necessary. Dottie People said, God may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. Because divine timing is the best timing. I know the anatomy of change as much as I know God. I know sometimes it comes when I least expect it. I know it's always present. I know it pushes me into places I sometimes will not go on my own accord. I know change as disruptive at times to my own preconceived plan of how a thing should go. I also know change is often a mystery as God is also a mystery. To see change as God and God as change means that we accept where we are along our evolutionary journey of discovery and becoming. We learn to accept where we are in our evolutionary journey of discovery and becoming. To see change as God and God as change means that we accept that growing is a part of our path with all its growing pains and pruning seasons. 
We are in the midst of a pruning season, in the midst of growing pains as a human race. Just as change is constant and abounding, God is constant and abounding. And we must learn to rest and abide in what we do know about change, about God. We must learn to rest in it. It is in our petition, prayer, praise, and acceptance of change, we can practice the resistance of instead. That sabotages our sorrow, assaults our anxieties, and fights our fears. In this moment of our world, of our lives, we are all being called to have an instead petition, an instead prayer, an instead praise as we learn to accept change as the divine ingredient for human evolution. It is through the resistance of instead we can align with, as Paul offers, a sense of God's wholeness where everything comes together for good and will come and settle you down. For it is wonderful what happens when the consciousness that is Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. In this moment, FCBC, the virtual doors of the church are open. I want in this moment as you all virtually come down, to find a secret place, a sacred place, wherever you might be right now. This is your opportunity to get in your posture of reverence to God and with God. This is your opportunity to come down to this virtual stage where God is waiting for you to release all your worries and cast all your cares on God. Because God cares for us. There are many of us right now who have been bombarded with all the images and the news of what's happening in our world. So much death and dying. So much infighting. And there's also other news circulating that we do not see because our fears are so much bigger than what's happening on the ground. Maybe you're coming down today virtually because you recognize that you have been so focused on your fear that you have edged God out. Your ego has become so encumbered by fear and anxiety that you are unable to see God's grace in this moment. Won't you come? This moment is for us all to recognize that everything is in divine order despite how it may look. That God has everything under control won't you come today to the sacred altar that is within you to that special place in your home that you reside only for prayer and worship unto God 
this is your moment to realign with the wholeness of God. Because God's wholeness is always available to us. All you have to do is accept it in this moment. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.